Happy trails, everyone, and welcome back to the Die Hard Minute. This is Steve Lasto from the X Minutes. And this is Jonathan Carlyle from UHF 62nd. And I am David Johnson. Hey, David. Hey. Where are you from? I'm from the Northern Lower Michigan Beard Association. Oh, nice. One of the more prominent of our Northern Michigan Beard Associations, I understand. Uh, well, it's, I think it's actually somewhat defunct, um, mainly because I'm not even in Michigan to uh, keep it rolling anymore. Oh, dear. Where are you now? Uh, Wisconsin. And they have no um, Beard Association in Wisconsin? Well, uh, when I arrived here, uh, the Beard Association, uh, there were quite a few of them. It was a little crowded to start another one. It seemed ridiculous. Well, speaking of beard associations, one Hans Gruber associated with one little European beard is featured in this minute, and he becomes undone. We have a whole minute of him hanging on. Well, hanging not a whole on. minute of him hanging on, but this is, but this this whole minute is devoted to his his end. Is it a good end? I think so. You know, uh, John had his moment in the last minute. He got the drop on them, mm-hmm. and this minute you've got you've got that moment where the villain is gone but not completely you know he's got that that last little hanger on which uh i guess that, that kind of bugs me a little bit at the beginning of this minute where john's still kind of reveling in in what he just did and he's you know happy trails hans at the same time while he's just standing there doing that his wife is struggling to get away from the armed murderer that he just shot yeah, that was my first note as well, is that she's still trying to, you know, extradite herself from that situation, and he's uh, cracking wise still. <laughs> he's, like, blowing the smoke off his gun. Yeah, I mean, he takes a moment to blow his gun, for God's sakes. <laughs> you gotta do that, or it'll burn your hand or something, I don't know. I have never actually fired a real gun, sorry to say. Oh, it's fun. I'm sure it is. <laughs> I've never had I, to blow on it, though. I don't think you have to blow it, though, do you? Well, he doesn't have a holster. They it would the the muzzle would be uh, a little warm from two shots, so uh, you don't want to just put that in your pants pocket. I wouldn't think right away. Although I don't <laughs> think the blowing is doing that much for it either, though. No. It'd be fu- it'd be funny if the whole time that Holly's like struggling with Hans, like uh, John's trying to tape it on his back again. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta find a mirror. <laughs> I will say uh, it's not a it's not a huge note or it's not anything, but um, this this whole dropping out the window and him hanging on by her watch basically um, that is a reference to the book that inspired this movie, uh, Nothing Lasts Forever by Roderick Thorpe. Uh, but in the movie or in the book, sorry, it's uh, it's his daughter, not his wife. And in the book, because of the watch, she gets dragged out the window and also dies. That oh. would be a bummer. That, that that would probably be a surprise to the audience in 1988. Wow, that's uh, watches do figure into the story very largely. So speaking of that, David, uh, some of the other hosts have talked about his watch and how he he wears it face in. Is that something you've ever done or have a reason to do? No, I uh, in my uh, observations, I find that usually military people tend to tend to wear it uh, face in, and I, I have no idea why that is. I'll have to. My brother-in-law is a uh, former Marine. I'll, I'll have to ask him why why that, he wears his face in. I mean, based on what I've seen in movies and stuff, I think that's you know when you're holding guns, where you're when you're holding stuff, the way your arms are, you're probably you can see your watch at any any minute. So the reason that uh, military men wear their watches facing in is so that the um, the reflection of the glass doesn't oh, give them away. Oh, sure. 
Oh wow! And I want to be clear. I just googled that. I didn't know that until like twelve seconds. <laughs> well, ago. that sounds yeah. that sounds very official. Like one of those things that makes complete sense, even if it's not true. I I could not argue that in a million years. Um, I don't wear a watch though, so very rarely wear a watch. Why well, I, I don't wear a watch normally? I'll wear a watch if I dress up. It seems to be like a I don't know if it's a, somewhat of an affectation. I guess my my wife bought me a watch for uh, Christmas a few years ago. And um, I'll try to wear that if we go to um, if I have a, an important meeting or something like that. I'll try to make a point of wearing that. And as an adult, I've I really haven't worn any watches, but I I loved when I was a kid. I loved those calculator watches. <laughs> I guess that was probably like the precursor to the the iPhone watches or or whatever smart watches. Did you did you like them aesthetically, or did you actually have one and and liked it? No, I had. At least for a short time. I don't remember, you know, probably grade school or something. I actually had one. I loved it. What happened? Did you did you stop loving it or did it break? <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know, they 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 just stopped working after a while. Hmm. They were um, they came back a few years ago as a style piece in New York. I'm some other places yeah, as well. Yeah, and I guess maybe I just didn't uh, just didn't get back into it. But you know, like back in the day, the calculator screens and stuff. Like they would just get wore out from I don't know sunlight or just so you couldn't see the couldn't see the numbers anymore. Why I didn't get another one, I don't know. Probably the only reason I even had that one was as a gift. So if I didn't get it as a gift again, then that was just it. Well, now I know what to get you. I've been dying to get you a gift since you got me that Legion of Superheroes comic book. <laughs> I think a watch would be probably be more expensive, but. Well, it's you know, it's not about the price. It's about the value. It's about the meaning. It's the, I want yeah, you to know the, how much I care. <laughs> I have to say, Jonathan is a is a really good gift giver. I I he's got two on me currently, and I oh. need to retaliate as well, Steve. Maybe we can go in on something. I'll uh, there you go. I'll, I'll I'll message you later on. Good. <laughs> I love buying gifts. Um, in the spirit, it's, it, it, this is a Christmas movie, so I think this is, is relatively appropriate. Um, but Christmas is still somewhat new to me. Um, and Hanukkah is gift giving, but it's not the same. Um, so I love Christmas gifts. It's become like my buying people gifts has become my favorite part of the Christmas holidays in the last um, five years or so. Just love it. See, I have I have a hard time I have a hard time buying gifts when you're supposed to. And then it's like my brain freezes and I don't know what to do. Yeah. But when when I think of something organically or when I see something, that should be the time when I just get that gift as a you know as a who cares this is an anytime gift. Absolutely. I should probably buy those at those times and then save them for the times when I'm supposed to give the gifts. Because otherwise I give the gifts at the other times and then the Christmas comes around and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I already, I don't have anything. I better get something. <laughs> so. So back to back to Hans here and his demise. Um, my favorite moment of this minute has to be when the um, guy from LAPD is like, hope that's not a hostage. <laughs> he's he's got a few lines like that in this movie. I wasn't really paying attention to him a lot when I was watching the movie, but I've noticed that yeah, he's got a couple lines in there like that. You know, at first he's supposed to be kind of the bad guy, and then they almost play him as he's sort of a good guy. <laughs> well, they uh so David, since you haven't watched the movie, so we got these cops down on the ground and just like any any other movie like this, um, you know, you've got your different levels of cops. So you've got your local cops and then your state. And then, you know, so in this movie, the feds come in and the feds are the ones that actually get blown up. 
And that was another one of his lines that I love when they they watch the roof explode and then the helicopter explodes with all the the federal guys in it. Oh, we're gonna man, miss the helicopter like, explosion. Yeah, yeah. And then that guy says, "Like we're gonna." What does he say? We're gonna need more. We're gonna feds need more feds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that that's got it. so uh, Jaws as well? Before this, is that a Jaws reference? It could be. As in, we're gonna need a bigger boat. If only the if only the Jaws minute people would held their own. <laughs> but yeah, he totally says it that way. It's it's because the, the federal the the feds. If you ever watch the movie, the feds are very unlikable, very unlikable. So you're, I don't even think they like each other. You're saying the uh, gray suit, the disheveled gray suit gentleman, um, is a uh, uh, a fed. He's like the Tommy Lee Jones level. No, no, he's like the um, he's like the the officer of the cops. So Bruce Bruce Willis has become. So you you know how you thought Danny Glover was in this? Yes. Bruce Willis has befriended Fat Danny Glover, who's like a, a regular <laughs> Sergeant, Sergeant Winslow. He's, a, he's like a he's like a desk sergeant or something. Um, and they've become friends throughout this movie. And this guy comes over and starts giving you know Fat Danny Glover a a hard time. And so he's sort of presented as a bad guy, but by the end now he's sort of like ah that guy made a joke. All right. <laughs> What is that actor's name that plays that cop? He's actually got a, done some other stuff. He was in um, uh, the Steve Urkel show sitcom. Oh, is that him? Yeah, is he's he the, the father. The father, yeah. Winslow was the last. That's why I said Sergeant Winslow. Uh, Winslow was the name in that show. What was that? Family Matters. Yeah. I had a um, a friend that I went to grade school with who was on that show for like ten or twelve episodes. <laughs> what? It was really random. So this was like in college. So I mean, I, I only had been out of touch with this guy for like, you know, five years, maybe. I didn't know he was acting. And I wasn't watching Family Matters, but I was like hanging out in my apartment. And I was probably, I was probably somewhat inebriated watching TV. And um, all of a sudden, this kid goes up, shows up on the, we're watching Family Matters for God knows what reason. And all of a sudden, this guy is on the TV that I know. I'm like, wait a second, I know that guy. <laughs> wow, that's... I've not had that experience. I wish I have had that experience. His name is Dave Ruby, but when I knew him, it was Dave David Rubenstein. Was he was he just like a high school character or something, or um, somebody? Was he a character we'd recognize? Well, he had a character arc. You said he was on like eleven he, episodes. Yeah, he was on a bunch of episodes. Like, I never could watch them because, like, I just didn't watch a lot of. I wasn't watching a lot of like family, uh, whatever it's called, Family Matters, mediocre um, sitcoms. <laughs> I mean, I was, it was like, the, I had better things to do. I was like 20 years old, 22 years old. I mean, I had, I had friends and fun. I was a lot younger. <laughs> there were bands, there was clubs, there were girls. Um, but, um, so I never saw all the episodes and it's not like I'm going to go watch Family Matters on, on Netflix tonight. Maybe. Um, but you know, one night I was watching and it showed up and I was, I said to my mom, like a few weeks later, I'm like, Hey, you're never going to believe what I saw on TV. And she's like, Oh yeah, he's. He's a big deal in, in Hollywood now, and I think that was basically his career. Um, but you know, he's on. He, he, but you know, it's a thing. He 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 um he made like ten or twelve. He made like he was like like ten or twelve episodes, and now you know he lives in Boca Raton. He's I think he's working in like insurance or dialysis or something like that. Nice guy. We're friends on Facebook. He's living like a king in Patagonia now. <laughs> Wrong film. Well, I, I'll, I'll throw in my uh, um, brush with celebrity. This is way further reduced than yours, so it's a good follow-up for sure. Oh, God. Uh, 
um, but the the town that uh, I lived in, or the next town down the road, Traverse City, um, had a um, arts academy, uh, and Bruce Willis's daughter attended there for a while. Oh. Um, and so for a while, the whole town was um, a buzz with uh, news of Bruce Willis visiting. And this is when uh, Demi Moore was with uh, Ashton, so he would also show up with Demi Moore. I don't know if they took alternate weekends visiting the daughter, um, but anyway, um, so this is this is this is um, pretty far removed. My coworker's daughter worked at the family video, the local family video, and she would report back to us that Bruce Willis would come in and rent movies, um, and she would tell us uh, what movies he rented, and he was always renting his own movies. Oh yeah, <laughs> that would that would be. Uh... It'd be cool if we could go back in time and have an interview with Bruce Willis watching Die Hard for Die Hard Minute. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Bruce Willis is um, doing the um, Unbroken, Unshattered. Oh, Unbreakable Two. Unbreakable Two. Is that a, yeah. a real thing? Yeah. Um, oh. I mean, I think it is. I'll, I'll, so there was a movie that came out last year, and from M Night, Sh- whatever his name is, Shyamalan. Yeah, him. <laughs> And the final, and it was basically about this guy who was like a split personality, um, with like psychic power or something like that. And the last scene of the movie shows Bruce Willis as that character in a diner, um, which basically said, oh, this is a, say, and said, oh, that's a shared universe. See, that, that's, uh, that's kind of a, a cool twist, but I had already heard about that before watching it. That was okay that it was spoiled for me, but. Being that it was spoiled for me, I thought it was going to be a bigger deal. Like he was going to come in and do something, but no, he literally—it's literally just a scene at the end with him just sitting there and being like, "Oh snap!" Like, like a, oh, that's that's all it was. MCU style. Very, very, yeah. very, very low key. Yeah, um, like the coffee shop scene at the end of Avengers, I guess. Yeah, it could have almost been like a post-credit stinger or something because it had nothing to do with the rest of it. Uh, I think I'd heard about it beforehand too, but I might have forgotten it, or maybe I just sort of heard. Maybe I, I heard about it and looked away. I may not have realized I was going to see this movie. The movie is Glass. Is that what it's called? No, that's this. Uh, that's the sequel's name. Uh, like Split, Split or Shattered or Shard or yeah. But there's a movie called Glass coming out, and that is the sequel to um, Unbreakable. This has I. We are so far far away from, <laughs> from Hans Gruber no, and Bruce Bruce Willis. We're still yeah. on task. That's, that's true. That's true. Um, but for what it's worth, Glass is coming January 18th, 2019. So almost a year to the day that we're recording this. Um, and they broke through Glass in this minute. So we're good. Perfectly good. And uh, also, so am I to understand that I think you guys were talking in earlier minutes. That's how he's received all these lacerations. Uh, glass. He's got already gone through some glass. Uh, Brucey has. There's been glass yes. tables, glass windows, a lot of glass buildings exploding. 80s. He's certainly been cut on. This makeup is is kind of reminiscent of. Uh, I was just thinking of like uh, Paul Bentney in uh, the Da Vinci Code, or sure. like Mickey Rourke in the Wrestler. The Wrestler. It's a good movie. Or like a very young, uh, still um, not pale Edward Scissorhands. I mean, he there is like the there's a shot um, at about 19 seconds in, and again around 30 seconds in, where uh, it's it's ridiculous the amount of cuts that they've put on him or maybe not um because i i haven't seen what he's endured but it just looks like a lot 
this is a this is a pretty bloody movie. This is a lot bloodier than I remember Lethal Weapon being, for instance. So halfway through the minute, as Hans is bringing his gun to bear on um, Holly and uh, John, he seems remarkably composed for someone who must realize his actions are going to get him get him killed. Yeah, I kind of wondered that too. So he gets a shot off at at Bruce uh, and kills him. Then he is um, relying on Coach's wife on parenthood to haul him back in. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's that's a deep cut. I, I don't remember that at all. I've oh, seen that wow. movie, Parenthood, but not in a long time, and I did not remember that she was in it. Oh, the the television show she's in. I don't. What, yeah, I thought it was on the television show. Yeah. Oh. I'm going for medium cuts only here. Oh, it's, it's a very strange. It's just a very strange sequence because like. Does he want to live at any point once he's hanging out this window, or is, or is it all just like I want to kill him? I think once he goes out the window, his plan is over, and if his plan is over, he's done. So this is just that last ditch thing of like you ruined my plan, you ruined my life, I'm going to ruin you, and but that, that doesn't work out either. So I'd be a sh- I'd be a horrible supervillain. All I'd want to do is just be pulled back up and give up. <laughs> I don't want to die. I just... <laughs> Just drop the gun and hang out with two hands. No, no, let me up. You win. You win. All you. Do you think this was a mistake, killing him off? I mean, he's a pretty good villain. From a story point of view, you mean? Well, you may not know this, but they're going to make like ten more of these. Right. That's... I, I didn't know if you meant a mistake on, on Brucey's part or on the on the, the script writing part. On the, I mean, on the, on the script writing part. Gotcha. I mean, he's just a really... I mean, he's a really strong villain, and he could have... This is, you know, I don't think... I'm not sure if they would kill him off so so thoroughly if they were filming this and making this again. Well, yeah, certainly not after um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves comes out. I mean, he plays... The, uh, Sheriff of Nottingham is one of the all-time great, I think, villains, you know, uh, certainly in the modern era of cinema. He's a, He plays a really good bad guy, so I'm, I'm agreeing with you that maybe they should have kept him around. That's the movie Carrie Elwes is in, right? <laughs> Did I say uh, Men in Tights? No, no, no. Okay, no, so what, what, what did you say, Prince of Thieves? <laughs> yeah, the the one with uh, Kevin Costner. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was gonna say I remember saying early on in the recording, Princess Private, and saying oh, I've got to watch that movie again at some point. I was gonna say oh, I still haven't seen it, but I haven't seen that one recently either. So <laughs> hmm. this is um this is his Alan Rickman's first major role. Yeah, I did look back and it looked like part of this was kind of like some uh, British uh, made-for-TV films, uh, things like that. Not a bad start. Well, he did die. Uh, <laughs> he died. He died hard. <laughs> Good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> die hard minute. <laughs> uh, people would probably be mad at us if we didn't mention that in this fall... That the the stunt coordinator or whoever made the decision, I guess, that they actually dropped him early, just so they could get that reaction out of him, I guess. Oh, really? So they, I mean, he was he was all prepped to do the thing, but it was kind of like one of those uh, on three, one, two, and then they drop him. <laughs> I love it. Just so you get that face. Um, prior directly prior to the fall, so Bruce Brucey um, goes from joking. To man of action very quickly, he springs over there, and as far as I can tell, going back through this minute, Coach's wife is mostly in the building, but her arm is extended out of the building, out of Brucey's line of sight, right? 
So as soon as Bruce is at the window, uh, he's already assessed the situation and has deduced that the thing that he has to do to save Coach's wife is to undo her wristwatch, which is very quick thinking. He's he's quick when he needs to be. I hate to disagree with Bruce Willis here, but I feel like he could have just shoved her hand, his, his Alan Rickman's hand down. Yeah, that's and that would have been just as effective. It seems like or a just Rube his wife out the window. kind of a <laughs> well, or that. Yeah. You know. That's... Hey, you know, you should scroll backwards to this and see Alan Rickman come up from the bottom. <laughs> what is worth it? I shall do so right now. I, I I go from about 51 seconds to 41 seconds. It's a good time. <laughs> he flies up. He's like Superman. And Coach's wife, she's not... Is she that far out of the window here? Uh, Kind of like... I think her shoulders are, are out. So yeah, her she's, arms are out. Her head is she's out. She's mostly in the building. That's why I say that. You know how how does Bruce even know exactly what's going on out there? I mean, he's he's on that watch right now. He's got a thumb on the watch band at eighteen seconds. Well, see, everybody's wearing watches, so they probably you know, especially as a cop, he probably knew. You know, there's there's certain things, there's certain jobs that you do that you're not supposed to wear jewelry and stuff because, it, you know, it's a hazard. You can get caught on things. So. Sure. As soon as he saw him go out the window, he's like, oh, that that watch. Yeah. You shouldn't be wearing that. So, Jonathan, you said that you they let him go, they let Alan Rickman go a second early? Yeah. H- how far does he actually fall in, in you know, in the, in the oh, stunt? I knew somebody was going to ask that. I don't know. Okay. Like 20, 16, 20 feet. Wow. It's a good effect. It looks good. I mean, I imagine this is like some kind of a rear projection or, or uh, something like that, you know, uh, and it looks good. You know, I didn't really mention it in the previous minutes. I don't think we have any reason to mention it in later minutes, but um, I was noticing just in the background, they've got the, you know, down below while he's falling, they've got all the little fires and stuff. And when they're in the building, in the previous minutes, when you're looking out the windows, just they just keep that fire motif going, I guess, because all, all the building lights from the city, they all kind of match the fire light, which previous in the movie they didn't. You know, they were kind of like some blues and some yellows and stuff like that. But uh, in this scene, they everything's orange. They're certainly keeping with the paper motif as well, <laughs> the flaring oh, yeah. paper motif. Yes. I think Hans kind of kicked a couple stacks out before he fell out the window or something. It's an impressive amount of damage they did between the plaza and the roof. So the jingle bells are back in this minute for tension. Yep. Um, we also have in this minute another example of, I th- I think it's when he first, uh, sorry, when John first juts out the window, he like yells something. And I think, again, it's another time when he's going to say Holly's name, but the audio actually sounds like it's cut off. Like they didn't do a very good job editing it. It just sounds like they just cut him short. But yeah, something uh, like they cut to the policeman on the ground and the audio actually just stops him. I I see what you're talking about, but I can't make out what he's supposed to say. What I love about this, though, is that it's raining fire from above as they go out the window. You know, raining fire. Well, there's little pieces of fire coming down from above the above this window. Yeah. Is that paper or is that fire? Uh, Well, it's paper on fire, probably. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I suppose it's not just it's not just fire. Um, it's a, it's a random oxygen fire. (laughs) (laughs) 
I like uh, towards the end, like the final uh, 10 seconds of the film, um, the uh, Tommy Lee Jones, or rather not Tommy Lee Jones, that guy, <laughs> and then uh, Sergeant Winslow, uh, they're, they're, you know, eyes following um, Alan Rickman down, and uh, they are not in sequence with each other when, when they are reacting to seeing Alan Rickman hit they're like a second or two like a full second or two off from each other as far as like their their reaction to seeing rickman hit the pavement well maybe that's an example of like one of them sergeant winslow is probably more in the future like sympathetic empathetic you know and the the other guy is more thinking about like oh now we got to clean that up oh tommy Lee jones has to tell tell that joke there yeah that's you know that's got to take some time It's like nobody laughed at my joke. Oh, he died. You know, it's funny. He's going to go home and he's gonna tell his wife. His wife's going to know you're a horrible person. He's going to think his <laughs> wife is going to appreciate it or, you know, his kid or whatever. They're all going, no, 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 you're awful. <laughs> the funny thing is if he says that line and it actually is a hostage, then it sounds like he's, you know, like, you know, serious. Like, oh, I hope that's not a hostage. Yeah. But since we all know it's not a hostage and we know it's the baddest of the bad guys, it just sounds silly. I wonder if it's a line that's in the book. What's the name of the book again? Nothing lasts forever. It sounds like a James Bond film. It does. I wonder if the part of the reason they changed the Die Hard was that it sounded too much like a, a James Bond film. Or that they couldn't get Sean Connery, and then they had to change the name after that. Who did they try to get in this and they couldn't get? Was it Schwarzenegger? Yeah, I, I think so. I think he was on list for any movie like this at that time. <laughs> you know, when we were recording uh, Minute Zero of X-Men... The list of people they tried that that they either tried to get for X Men for one role or another or one job or another or you know that they went through along the way who they sort of recycled through was you know a who's who of of who's of who's who of Hollywood. Was, was there really anybody that, that was just uh, absolutely bizarre that comes to mind that you're just like what were they thinking? Uh no, not at all. But like you know, like if you were gonna like the people they 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 tried to get as com- like they tried to get Job Williams to be composer, um, oh, sure James Cameron to be director. You know, Joss Whedon was gonna be the main screenwriter. Um, you know, and it's sort of like a a laundry list of like you know of like of of great great people and all the people they ha- they end up with instead are you know they're fine they do a great job but it's you know it's it's a definite step down from John Williams and James Cameron and Joss Whedon. But it's an interesting, more so than other movies I've, I've, I've boned up on, you know, they, they just seem to have gone through a, a lot of people on their way to getting where they got to. Hmm. Um, one nice thing about this, this, this fall that I noticed, um, noticed is they've got some, they've also got some twinkling glass. It looks like, um, behind Hans. I mean, maybe it's just paper, but it looks like it's glass as well as paper sort of, sparkling oh, off to his right yeah this it's kind of a shimmer yeah, yeah it's, pro- it's probably probably gla- probably reflecting on paper but either way it's a nice um you know sparkles are nice yeah it's, it's, it's... snow it's snowing in los angeles it's lovely <laughs> right exactly i think i think going along with this whole christmas theme i think uh what we see here and what we see in the next couple minutes it's yeah it's pretty much just their like winter in los angeles kind of thing it's you know there's no real snow so we'll make that effect with paper and glass and anything else I don't have anything else for this minute. I'm out of gas myself. I got nothing. You good, David? Yep. I um I I am afraid I'm not going to be able to complete the week with you, gentlemen. Um, but I want to say thank you for letting me be a part of this this week. Are you dropping out? I am. I am. I am. Um, I am dropping out because I need to get ready to um get out of town. <laughs> Scandalous. 
Um, but I want to say thank you to Jim O'Kane for all the hard work he's put into this project. Um, and thanks to everybody else who was a part of this because it was fun to do. It's a good good minute to drop out on. To drop in. <laughs> I, I do not think my entrance is nearly as dramatic as, um, I exit is nearly as dramatic as Hans's was, but, um, you know, all good. <laughs> Something to aspire to. <laughs> Boy. Well, we should have we should have let you go early. Then you would have had the that moment, that look on your face. <laughs> <laughs> what did they cut? They cut me off. <laughs> uh, no, this was a lot of fun, and um, I look forward to hopefully seeing you guys on Xvenet sometime soon. And Jonathan, one of these days we have to. Um, uh, what is it we have to record? <laughs> <laughs> Buttercups, baby. Buttercups, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and you would find that Buttercup's baby if we ever do it at theprincessbrideminute.com. And you can find more diehard stuff at dieHardMinute.com. Pretty simple. At Twitter, it's at DieHardMinute. Facebook, Diehard with a podcast listeners limo. Come there and chat it up. Tell us all the things that we missed. And uh, if you want to listen to any other show that we haven't mentioned, you can look at moviesbyminutes.com. Or, yes, moviesbyminutes.com. That's it for us. We will catch you tomorrow. Yippee ki yay, Maz Kanata! <laughs> Tell me you got that. I got it, I got it. Hit your heart on Channel 5.